Aloha, everyone, and welcome to Hawaii Together on the ThinkTech Hawaii Broadcast Network. I'm Kili'i Akina, your host and president of the Grassroot Institute of Hawaii. Today is Valentine's Day, February 14th, 2022, so I wish you a very happy Valentine's Day, and the legislature is in session. Our topic today is why the push to increase Hawaii taxes down at the legislature. You know, our legislators are aiming to increase taxes on fuels, property, and capital gains. But you know, that might be more trouble than it's worth, according to Tom Yamachika. He's the president of the Tax Foundation of Hawaii. He's a scholar at the Grassroot Institute and a tax attorney and a good friend. I'm so glad that he joins us today to talk about what's going on in the world of tax legislation at the legislature. Tom, welcome to the program. Aloha. Well, thank you for having me on. Well, is it a busy session for you? Oh, indeed it is. Um, we've uh, uh, got uh, hearings every day. We, uh, we've we been, you know, double and triple set, uh, uh, you know, meaning, you know, three or four hearings at the same time. Uh, so we have to kind of figure out which one we're going to go to. It's too bad you can't be everywhere at the same time. We don't just have to attend all those hearings. Well, well, you know, Tom, as you and I have talked and uh, looked at things that are taking place, many of us believe the legislature should actually take a break from trying to increase fuel and property and capital gains taxes, especially since uh, the state already has a budget surplus. It might be better, perhaps, to work for lower taxes for our residents, and that would lower Hawaii's cost of living and help boost its economy. I'd love to hear your thoughts on all of these ideas, but but first, give us a rundown. Um, there are, of note, probably five to seven or so key bills that we should be paying attention to. Would you quickly run through them and let our viewers know what we're looking at this session? Sure. We've got a lot of, a lot of fun things to watch this session. Uh, we have a carbon tax that's coming back for the third year or so. This time it's House Bill 2278. Uh, we have a tax fairness bill, uh, which basically wants to make the earned income tax credit refundable and permanent, which, which in itself is not so bad, but it does so by uh, jacking up the capital gains uh, tax uh, from, I think, 7.25 to 9.6%. Hmm. There, there are a couple of bills on the Senate side, Senate Bill 3250 and Senate Bill 3182, that aim to impose a wealth tax, uh, which is something that we haven't really seen before. Uh, House Bill 1208 and 1209 are bills that would change the Constitution uh, to allow the state to impose real property tax on top of the commons. Uh, we've seen that a couple of years before uh, when the uh, uh, an HSCA-backed constitutional amendment uh, was going through and actually made it to the general election. Uh, there to be uh, not really defeated by voters, but it was struck off the ballot by the Hawaii Supreme Court. Uh, House Bill 1505 and Senate Bill 242, those were again, uh, those are also major individual and corporate tax hikes. Uh, they seem to be dead for now, uh, but uh, who, who knows? It's, it's, it's not over until it's over uh, in order to uh, exclude uh, taxing unemployment benefits. Uh, again, both those bills are dead for now, but uh, you never know when they'll come back. Uh, Senate Bill 2237 is a conveyance tax hike, same as was proposed last session uh, in what we called the Enola Gay Bill. Uh, and this one 
uh, that piece of it is there to support an exclusion for affordable uh, housing. And then not last, but certainly not least, uh, there is one bill that is actually being sponsored by the Department of Taxation uh, called House Bill 2177, uh, Senate Bill 3145. Uh, it's relating to tax administration. There's a lot of stuff in there, uh, including some uh, provisions that would greatly enhance penalties. Well, Tom, that's a quite a slew of tax bills that are being proposed this term, and uh, they come from many different directions. Well, what's kind of puzzling is that it's an election year in which every state legislator, House representative or senator is up for a re-election. And uh, in addition to that, what's puzzling is recently the State Council on Revenues, which is a panel of economists who are supposed to project tax collections each year, told us that the state tax revenue is likely to soar by 15% this year. So, so here's my question right at the outset. Why, in light of that, do legislators feel the need to increase taxes yet again and in so many ways? Well, you never know, really. I mean, there are probably some of their constituents uh, who are pushing for various tax increases to, to fund various programs, uh, like um, uh, there are some progressives, for example, who want uh, more depth in the uh, human services areas of our government uh, to provide additional help to working families, uh, those under the poverty line, children, uh, and and they think, uh, rightly or wrongly, that the uh, people on the other end of the income spectrum uh, are, are just undertaxed and need to be whacked some more. Um, that's that's where a lot of these bills are coming from. They want to uh, lop off or uh, attack the areas that are particularly susceptible uh, for higher income people with the, uh, the top rate for the income tax, conveyance tax, uh, real property tax. They think, well, geez, um, people in the lower end of the spectrum won't own real property, for example. So they're, they're thinking of things uh, to attack uh, people at the higher end of the income spectrum and go for it that way. And uh, they're also looking to attack um, uh, the people who are not residents, who, who uh, uh, buy property and uh, don't stay here all the time. You know, on a general level, what strikes me is that these bills have very little to do in their rationale with raising revenue. As we mentioned earlier, the need to raise revenue is not so crucial. But as you have pointed out, there seems to be some kind of ideology or social purpose in going after certain segments of the population. What are your thoughts on that? No, I think that's, a, that's, that's definitely true. Um, the, the pitch that we've heard at several of these hearings is oh, uh, we need to pay for more social services, and the and it would just take a little bit more from those who can afford. It. This mean, is what we would call the really good when you just phrase it like that, right? Well, this is what we would call the Robin Hood mentality. That's right. That's right. And there's there's a lot of ramifications uh, beyond that, which I, I don't think people are 
uh, you know, thinking about so much. I think very often uh, the entire economic model is not really examined carefully. Frequently in, in pursuing the higher revenue portions of society, we are in some ways killing the goose that lays the golden egg, the, 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 the population that is really responsible for generating economic activity that helps others and also generates tax revenues. That's right. So we have we have uh, all kinds of variations of that. Where do you want to start? Well, first, let me continue talking about this, the projected surplus. Currently, we're enjoying a $3 billion budget windfall. And thanks to higher than expected tax revenues, if the Council on Revenues is right, and an infusion of federal funds, which are still available to us, uh, money is really growing on trees for the legislature. As a result, especially if you listened to the governor's state of the state address, high taxpayers are eligible for a one-time tax refund of about $100 per uh, taxpayer or $400 per household. How much do you think realistically each taxpayer is going to receive this year? And what are your thoughts in general about this as a means of stimulating the economy? Well, it's just really going to depend on you know, what actually makes it to the finish line. I mean, you, you know, and I know that at the legislature, uh, there, there's a lot of horse racing going on, a lot of jockeying for, for position. Uh, you know, things get things get traded, uh, things get delayed, things get knocked off the track. Um, there are, you know, several variations of, of all of that. Now, uh, the, the governor didn't just put forward a method, uh, a, a um, proposal to give uh, everybody a hundred dollars. He said, hey, let's let's also you know put a billion dollars into the rainy day fund and uh, at which uh, legislative leaders said, wait, we, we, we can't really do that. We've got a lot of needs. And and now is a good time to start addressing some things. So, so there's going to be a lot of tension uh, between those those different paths as we go toward the finish line. Uh, we really don't know what's going to come up on top, uh, but there's going to be a lot of fighting. Well, Tom, let's go to that list of bills you gave us at the start of the program today. One that strikes me uh, is the one that brings up the specter of deja vu. That's the bill that would amend the Constitution by allowing the state to levy property taxes. Now, last time we tried that, the counties were opposed to the amendment, which was removed from the ballot for technical reasons. Why should residents be concerned about this proposal, Tom? Well, it's going to affect you whether you, you know, whether you are renting somewhere, whether you're, you know, you own your own house, um, or if you're in an apartment. Basically, the, the, the issue is that the cost of just staying somewhere is going to increase. Uh, and uh, the, the, uh, the the ballot measure uh, has has some blanks in it where it doesn't really say what the amount is going to be. But once, uh, you know, once voters pass that, you know, the genie's out of the bottle. And, uh, and it's fair game for the legislature to come up with any number they want. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but uh, the interesting thing is in, in House Bill 1209, they said, okay, well, we're going to get some enough money from real property tax, so we'll pitch the income tax altogether. 
let's make us a state like Alaska with no income tax at all. Okay, uh, if we if we did that, uh, we we know that um, state real property tax would have to be increased substantially because uh, net income tax is one of the one of the one of the two eight hundred pound gorillas in our tax system. The other being the GET. Uh, that's where that's where we the state gets gets most of its revenue. Now, um, if if they're serious uh, about, uh, yeah, I guess passing this uh, state real property tax, they're they're kind of dangling this. Oh, we're going to get rid of the income tax before voters, uh, you know, before the general election. Uh, but is that actually going to happen? I don't think that's actually going to happen. Uh, the old, the, the old date and right, the, the old date and switch. That's going to be taken. Is to is to pitch that bill entirely, give, bring back the income tax in, in all its glory. It's a classic bait and switch. I think is what's happening here. Absolutely. Now, now going back just a little bit, uh, we often hear the refrain that we have the lowest property taxes in, anywhere or in the nation. Uh, but w when we look at that claim carefully. Is there a difference between saying we have low property taxes and saying we have low property tax rates? Uh, well, I'm not exactly, exactly sure what you mean. Can you... Or how do you evaluate the claim we've got low property taxes here in Hawaii? Well, I think what, what most people say is, you know, our, our rates are... Okay, which... And, and that's true. Our, our, rates, our rates are low... Uh, relative to other states, uh, but our valuations are up. Right, and so as a result, we end up paying a high level of property, high amount of property taxes, even though the rates may be low. Right. I mean, it's 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 uh, you know still lower than the median, but I think uh, uh, it's it's not you know rock bottom when you look at that measure. Uh, but still, you have to. Uh, think you know what, why is that the case, and, and and the reason is because in most states on the mainland, uh, the property tax uh, funds the school systems, uh, the 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 K to twelve. But uh, for us, it's the GET that does that. That's right. Now, now, Tom, one of the bills being considered is the carbon tax, but the description of the bill is mostly about the fact that the tax increase on fossil fuels is going to be offset by an income tax refund. C can you explain the theory behind this bill and, and what effect it's likely to have? Sure. What the, what the carbon tax is designed to do is to recoup the social cost uh, or the cost to the environment uh, that is um, uh, that is visited upon the environment by uh, uh, burning fossil fuel and, you know, the uh, similar type of pollution. Uh, there is, uh, as the uh, the bill's proponents say, a, a social cost and uh, to recoup the social cost, that's why we're imposing the carbon tax uh, to to basically discourage the consumption uh, of, of uh, these fossil fuels that uh, get burned, pollute our atmosphere and so on. Uh, and that would result, predictably, uh, in a very large increase at the pump. Uh, if you uh, think you have it bad now, uh, commuting from uh, one part of the island to the other, uh, think about if you're a truck driver, 
uh, that that's your business. And you know, while you may not pay the bill, it's going to be a, a heck of a, a lot bigger bill. Uh, it'll catch you uh, also uh, much higher uh, if you are, uh, no, I'm sorry, I'm mixing up another bill. But um, yeah, you're going to see a, a big increase at the pump. Well, thanks. We're going to take a quick break and come back in just a minute. Uh, to my viewers, we're with Tom Yamachika, president of the Tax Foundation of Hawaii. I'm Kelee Akina on Hawaii Together on the Think Tech Hawaii Broadcast Network. Don't go away. We will be right back with more interesting commentary on the tax situation at the legislature this year. Joshua Cooper, and welcome to Cooper Union. We look at what's happening with human rights around the world, and we invite you to tune in every Tuesday where we feature the voices of the people from the front lines sharing the struggles for self-determination, for the importance of sustainability and solidarity with one another to make the world a better place for all of humanity. If you can't catch it live, you can also Look at thinktechhawaii.com, as well as on Vimeo and many other places to catch the amazing shows where we hear from authors, activists, academics, analysts, and artists who are contributing to positive social change around the planet. Aloha Mekapono, thank you for joining us for Justice. Thanks for staying around. I'm Kili'i Akina on Hawaii Together on the Think Tech Hawaii Broadcast Network. My guest today is Tom Yamachika. We're taking a look at the tax proposals in the legislature this year. Tom, uh, you mentioned earlier that there were a variety of reasons behind many of the taxes that are being proposed or tax increases that are being proposed. And many of those reasons are not really income related. Uh, it seems like we're seeing a lot more bills proposed, uh, proposing tax hikes for public policy or ideology reasons rather than for the purposes of raising revenue. For example, the, the, the bill that would levy a per drink surcharge on alcohol cites the need to discourage liquor consumption. That kind of is reminiscent of prohibition. And the, the, the target, uh, the carbon tax, which we mentioned earlier, cites environmental concerns. Uh, what do you think about this trend? And uh, should Hawaii taxpayers be wary of these quote unquote noble reasons for tax hikes? Well, um, as we've said many times before in your show and otherwise, uh, we're not particularly fond of these so-called sin taxes. Uh, and the reason being that you, you levy a sin tax, right? Uh, then you uh, look for a way to spend it. And so you find some, some cause that depends on the sin tax. Like for example, for the, for the tobacco tax, uh, we picked the, uh, uh, the School of Medicine and the Cancer Center. Okay, then you start hiking the, the, the cigarette tax. Guess what happens? People stop smoking. And then guess what happens? The revenue goes down, which is the social goal you wanted to, to um, achieve in the first place. So, so then uh, these uh, causes uh, that were being supported by the syntax, uh, such as the cancer center 
and and the school of medicine they you know they go into a panic saying oh geez you know what's going to happen to us we don't want to be you know extincted uh, or, or thrown into oblivion because uh, because of this uh, lack of collections of tobacco tax can we raise the tobacco tax some more to give us the funding that we need so there's this there's this vicious circle and it's counterproductive in the first place but in the end the taxpayer just gets soaked all the more uh is the same thing true same thing true with regard to uh tax hikes on the rich which you were discussing a little earlier you know lots of bills that propose tax hikes seem to have the aim of only affecting the rich such as income tax hikes that create a higher rate for a new tier of income, a special wealth tax, uh, wealth asset tax, or capital gains tax hike. If these kinds of tax bills are passed, what effect would they actually have? And, and is it possible to is it possible to tax only the rich in a way that doesn't affect the economy as a whole? Well, that's a very very good question. I know your your institute's done a lot of research on that, um, but where where I think you know, this is headed uh, is you got to, you know, keep in mind uh, where this where this money uh, is coming from. Uh, most times it comes from, you know, from a business uh, venture of some kind or other. Uh, sometimes it's it's for, you know, conducting a successful business here in the islands. And uh, it's because uh, this business has figured out a, a uh, a, a good and efficient way to get people what they want uh, at a fair price. And, um, and you want to penalize that, which is, which is what the, uh, you know, what, what the, what the bills are trying to do. Um, so uh, if you, uh, for example, penalize somebody who ha has a business uh, with 100 employees, um, he's not going to just just stand there and take it. He's going to he's going to pull out more money from the business uh, to cover the tax, which leaves less for the employees and uh, or or higher prices for the consumers or both. So that's kind of one economic effect that uh, probably we don't want, but is uh, going to happen as a result of uh, of this tax or uh, the. Uh, the taxed person uh, says, I don't need this. I'm getting out of Dodge. I'm going to jump on a plane and I'm out of here. So the business moves, the jobs move. Um, and what, ha what happened to us? Well, we lose the revenue. When we lose the, the revenue for the 100 people that the guy employed, because they're now working in someplace else. They're working in Nevada. They're working in Oregon. They're working on someplace else, which has a better tax climate. Right. Better tax climate. You know, uh, Tom, uh, we at the Grassroots Institute have had this project for quite a while now called Why They Left Hawaii, which helps document the reasons that we have this massive exodus of local people. And it doesn't only include 
those who cannot live here or make a living off the economy, it includes the category of people you're talking about, some who are very wealthy, who have high capacity, who are simply not going to sit back and, and, and take the increasing of taxes and regulations that that actually bite into their, their wealth. But... Uh, where is the research coming from uh, when tax proposals are made? In and what I'm talking about is where is the analysis on what the economic impact will be? Do you see that being something that legislators are looking at very carefully, or is there good research being done in that regard? Well, according to the, I mean, with with the text, the testimony I've seen. Uh, there's not a whole lot of research results. It, it's mostly ideological. So, uh, so, so the proponents of a lot of these measures, I think, at least from the testimony that I've seen, uh, are appealing are appealing to the ideological uh, propensities of these legislators uh, to do the Robin Hood thing, uh, and um, may not be aware of the economic effect if any, that it, that it may have. You know, as the saying goes, there's nothing new under the sun. And that's why at the Grassroot Institute, we like to scour the nation for best practices and see the impact of tax policies as they have worked themselves out in other states. So uh, I lament with you the fact that you feel, as I do as well, that there's not enough research taking place when it comes to motivating our tax uh, bills that, that we see at the legislature. Now, yeah, a, lot of the, a, a lot of uh, research is done at the national level. Uh, there is a, uh, uh, a nonprofit uh, named similar to ours, but they're, they're just the tax foundation. Uh, but they're, they're the tax foundation for the entire country. Uh, they have economists, they do a lot of research. They put out uh, you know, very, very interesting reports uh, they rank the competitiveness of our our state versus uh, others uh, on a number of metrics. This year, uh, we were privileged to make it into the bottom 10. Tom, let me ask you a question, if you could answer quickly as we go to our conclusion now. Uh, we got a reprieve from a drastic increase in the unemployment tax last year, fortunately, but that measure only changed the rates for 2021 and 22. Do you think the legislature should be taking action now to address another potential unemployment tax hike for local businesses? I think, I think the answer is yes, and I think they are. Um, the question is how that's going to be done. Um, I, I believe the Department of Labor has put in a, a, a very technical bill uh, to accomplish this. Uh, it's it's tough to uh, explain very simply, uh, but it, it would um, basically allow the department to ignore the uh, uh, the outflow of funds as a result of the pan, you know pandemic related uh, job losses. Very so good. It would, it would help. Uh, I think state, you know, get 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 the rate under control uh, for employers uh, because if they don't do that, we're back in Schedule H, um, and then uh, or, or something close to it, and, and then some people may see their 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 unemployment tax triple. Yes. Now, Tom, we, we've just got a few seconds left. Which uh, tax bill should we look out for the most? Is there one that especially troubles you? I know there. Um, they, they all have uh, some propensities, good and bad. Uh, some are 
scarier than others. Um, the, like the individual and corporate tax hike one was, I think, the scariest one, but I think that one uh, has died for the moment. Uh, we just need to look out, uh, especially toward the end of session, when when things that you thought were dead start coming back to life. Hmm, those are zombies, I take it. The franken <laughs> There you go. Well, Tom, thank you so much. I congratulate you on your ongoing work at the Tax Foundation of Hawaii. We really need you out there analyzing the bills as they are passing through the legislature. You have a great day and get back down to the square building, okay? Okay, great. Thanks, Kaliha. Thank you for having me on the show. Thank you. And to my viewers, thank you for being here today. My guest was Tom Yamachika, president of the Tax Foundation of Hawaii. We'll be back again on our next broadcast of Hawaii Together. I'm Kelee Akina on the ThinkTech Hawaii Broadcast Network for Grassroot Institute of Hawaii. Aloha.